If you love Jesus, let me hear it elevate. All right, some, some of y'all don't love Jesus, but you know, that's your decision. God gives you free will. Elevate. Elevate. Elevado. Elevando. Que, que. It's, it's, I'm sorry, I say it wrong. It's not elevato, it's elevando. Right? Welcome to Elevate. We meet every what day? Friday. At what time? 7 p.m. unless you're an intern. If you're an intern, let me get a, a hand raise. A hand raise if you're an intern. You've been coming here faithfully. Everyone give a hand clap for the interns. They're awesome. They're awesome. They're all awesome. I have no favorites among the interns, and I'm pretty sure uh, Nathan's raising his hand like I'm, I'm a favorite. Listen, I can't have any favorites, but I do love you guys. You guys are all awesome. Thank you guys for rocking it out. My name is Joseph Boni. I'm the youth director here. Uh, and we're getting into our awesome, or we're continuing this awesome sermon series about the Beatitudes. Everybody say Beatitudes. Any of y'all know Latin? Anybody know Latin? Oh, Latin. Anybody know it? Well, now you do. That's how you say blessings in Latin. Hey, come on. We trilingual up in here. We quadruple lingo up in here. Urban Hymen. Heaven. Heaven. There you go. We, we, we got so many languages up in here, but we're all, all of them are meant to worship the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. You guys awake today? You guys a little bit? All right, that's good. It's good. Let's all wake up because we're about to listen to Jesus. Anybody ever listen to Jesus before? Anybody ever just sit at his feet and listen to him? How many of y'all pray? How many of y'all pray with your Bible open? How many of you pray and you wait to hear from the Lord what he has to say? If you don't, that sucks for you because you'll never know what he has to say. And that's unfortunate. We have the word of God here that is not only uh, true, right, but it's also good for you. Because sometimes what's true is not good for you, and that's the truth. Sometimes when someone says, hey, you know, you have a booger on your nose, right? And then you go to pick it, and then you realize, dang, I'm picking my nose in public. But then you do it anyway, because you really want to get this booger out your nose. You ever been there? No, yes, you have. Stop lying to me. So I'm not the only one, right? All right, you know, there's this, this truth that's not so comforting, right? Like, let's say someone told you you had cancer, right? And you have only 10 days to live. That's not really comforting. There's no real comfort in that, especially if you don't know Jesus. But the Word of God is true and comforting. See, and that's something that we can kind of hang our hats on, which means that's something we can bank on, we can put our lives on, that we can trust the Word of God. And we want to continue off of what we spoke about last time, not last week, but last time we are talking about the sermon series. Does anybody know what we talked about last time? The word, uh, the, the, uh, the title of the message is Blessed Are the Merciful. Last time it was Blessed Are the... Let me hear you say it. Let me hear you say it. Poor. Blessed are the poor, okay? And we were talking about the kingdom of God in relation to that, right? Because everything in this passage is related to the kingdom of God. Here's a, here's a question, and uh, not for $5, because I still owe Josie $5. But how about, you know, for, uh, let's say, 
like uh, respect points, okay? There you go. Respect points. Brownie points, but no brownies, okay? We'll just make sure. Uh, how many of you know what Jesus preached about the most? If you know, raise your hand, come up here and say it on the mic. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. You can just say it from where you're at. How many of you know what Jesus spoke about the most in the Gospels? The attitudes? That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Who said love? That's a good guess. Good guess. The, who said that? Come on, the kingdom of God. That's right, Marco. There you go. What year are you in? Come on. You better have gotten that right. Good job. Good job. Good job. So the kingdom of God. Everybody say the kingdom of God. So Jesus didn't speak about love the most, even though that's a good answer. He didn't speak about beatitudes the most. It's just a quick section of blessings, right? But he spoke about the kingdom of God. And that doesn't mean he just spoke about heaven all day. Like when you get to heaven, Josie, there's going to be shoes made of gold. And when you get to heaven, right, you're not going to need to sell or trade. All the shoes are just going to appear right there, just like that. And if you don't like gold, it's okay. We can get chrome. We can get all types of stuff, right? You can, matter of fact, get, wear shoes that make you fly, right? We're not, Jesus was not talking about that. When he was talking about the kingdom of God, he was talking about his rule and his reign. Basically, life as he meant it to be. Everybody say, as he meant it to be. When you come up in your house, right, and you're like, Mama, I want some food, right? And you ever said that before? Right? Mom, I want some food. I'm hungry. Everybody say hungry. Say it like a Jamaican, hungry. Say me hungry. That's how you say it in Jamaica, uh, in patois, 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 is you say me hungry. All right? You know, you come up there and you're like, Mama, me hungry. Make me a plate of a sandwich. Make me a sandwich woman right now. How many of y'all say that? I, I wouldn't, right? She'd probably be like, you think you're some king up in here that you get to tell me what to do? You get to tell me and bark orders at me? You need to humble yourself, right? Or you need to straighten up or, hey, you need to go to your room. Or, you know, maybe if you're Brandon, uh, you have to hold Pepper up for like 20 minutes. That, if, I was, if you were my son, I would have you do that. Hold Pepper up for like 20 minutes just, just with forearms. You'll get strong, right? No, right? You would, you would be wrong for that. You would be wrong for that. Jesus, when he's speaking about the kingdom of God, he's not talking about heaven or hell. A lot of people think the Bible is all about how to get to heaven and how not to get to hell. But that's only like literally a fragment of what Jesus is talking about when he's speaking about the kingdom of God. He's speaking about stuff that's not just relevant to when after you die, but it's actually necessary now. Everybody say necessary now. This is needed now. Because remember last week, uh, we found out who the people are. Uh, this pronounce, this pronouncement, uh, this announcement of blessings, really, this um, kind of declaration of who's blessed, who's blessed, is extended to people that the world would say is cursed. Really, is not well off. Those that hunger and thirst, they're going to be satisfied. They're blessed. People, if you hunger, if you're thirst, you're blessed. You're going to be filled. Those that are poor, well, the kingdom of God is yours, actually. This kingdom of heaven that I'm talking about, it belongs to you. 
The meek, oh, this right here, this earth, you'll inherit it. These people are blessed. Those who are mourned, they'll finally be comforted. You see, what seems to be lacking in riches and honor and happiness, it's now overturned by Jesus saying they're blessed. This reality, this new kingdom, it's kind of making the things that are the people that are dishonorable honorable. The people that are looked at, uh, at frowned upon now kind of put at a pedestal. The people in the back are now put in the front. It's a reversal of things as we know it. And we want to read that together. If we can all go to Matthew chapter 5, we're going to, every, every time we come up, we're, we're going to read it, even when TJ preaches. We're, oh, TJ went to, to get something. But even when TJ reads, we're, uh, comes up to here to preach, we're going to read this together. It's good to read the Word of God. Amen? Josie, amen? Amen. Just want to make sure. Right? We're on the same page here? Okay, cool. All right. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Onward, okay? Let's read it at the count of five, all right? One, two, three, four, five. Blessed are the poor. My finish is strong. Amen. Amen. We'll stop right there. We're going to do it again, though, because Lydia wasn't doing it. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm going to put you on blast. Don't worry. Well, I kind of did. It happens. All right. So blessed, right? Blessed, happy are these people. And what we see here is that when Jesus is speaking to these outcasts, right, he's declaring something that may be kind of weird to them, right? They may not understand why he's saying that, but as he continues, they sure do. Because when we say blessed, when we're saying they're blessed, he's not just talking about blessed are you now, but he's saying blessed will you be later, okay? Blessed will you be later. Anybody ever been told to wait for something? Right? You've been told, hey, Good things come to those who wait, right? When I, when I was growing up, I heard, like, rappers say that every, every song. Because in rap, people always have, like, these one-liners that they always reuse. And I always heard that good things come to those who wait, right? You have to wait. Your parent never told you if you wait here, right, when I come back, I'll give you something, right? I'll give you a treat. Or I'll give you, like, a, a new, I'll give you that McDonald's, uh, McDouble, right? Right? You got someone, right? Someone. You got to watch what you eat, bro. That'll kill you. <laughs> right? So we, we know, we understand there's this idea of waiting. We must wait in order to receive from our parents a lot of things. Now, Jesus is saying they're blessed now, but he's saying they'll be blessed later when he comes and creates a new kingdom, right? Where the kingdom of God now is not just a uh, a 
thing that is spiritual, a thing that is only experienced by believers, but the kingdom of God is now something that is experienced from everybody. Everybody will see this new kingdom. And Jesus is saying, when, you, when we get there, you're going to be on top. It's, not, it's different than heaven because a lot of times, like in, in my class, they're like, ah, man, Christianity is boring. You know, it'd be cool if God was real. But, you know, I kind of think God is real. They're all confused. But then they're like, I don't. But, I, you know, it's just heaven just seems so boring. All we're going to be doing is singing a song. That's not, well, in heaven, you're going to be waiting for this thing called the resurrection. And the resurrection happens where everybody will see God now, okay? And they will now be new, different. And they'll be in a new heaven and a new earth. God is going to make all things new. And this is nothing that's that strange. It's what's in the longing of our hearts. When we see the pollution of the world, when we see the penguins choked out by a Coca-Cola plastic thing, right? We get, we get angry. We're like, man, this is all messed up. When we see the planet dying, the forest fires, the earthquakes, when we see people getting shot, getting killed, we're like, man, dude, we need something new. When we're in a place too long and people get too comfortable around us and don't like us anymore, we're like, dang, I need somewhere new, right? We have to understand is that we need something new. The world understands that. God is saying, I put that in your heart. I put that in the earth. I'm going to make something new. But until then, this is how you live. This is who is blessed and will be blessed till then. So blessed are the merciful. We left off at blessed are those who hunger and thirst today. We're going to be talking about blessed are the merciful. Everybody say, blessed are the merciful. The people that are merciful, they're going to be shown mercy. Now, some of you are saying, well, yeah, you know, you get what you give, right? You know, karma, right? Anybody ever karma? People may say, this is exactly what karma is. No, it isn't. Uh, the culture, right, that we live in, they really want mercy, right? How many of you have ever said or heard someone say, I'm only human? Or, hey, we all make mistakes. Or, man, dude, everybody does that. Right? These are excuses everybody says, but how many of you have ever heard those same people or how many of you have been the type of person to say, man, that person is straight wrong, man. I would never be like that. Man, that person is twisted in the head, man. Man, I would never chill with them, right? It's kind of like cancel culture. Anybody ever heard of cancel culture? Right? Everybody wants some mercy and grace. Everybody wants to feel forgiven, but the minute someone else does something, they're saying, cancel this dude, bro. This guy literally said, excuse me, sir, on the elevator. What kind of bigot says that? Cancel this dude. Take his wife and his kids from him and throw him in jail. Now, I've never heard that to extreme. I just went there, but it's, it kind of happens too. This person's going to church during COVID. Take him from his kids and his wife and throw him in jail. Right? Like, cancel culture is kind of like that, where there's this mercy that's expected when you mess up, but then there's pure wrath and judgment when other people messed up. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not one of canceling. It's one of mercy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And the issue with that in that time is mercy is often seen, seen as weak, as being weak. 
When you have the power to judge someone, when you have the ability to give vengeance, when you have the opportunity to strike someone back, but instead you show mercy, that's kind of seen as weak. That's kind of seen as something that is for stupid people. And this is what you'll see, is that a lot of what Jesus is saying here is stupid without him. You got to understand in a world where people get vengeance, get judged, like they judge others as quick as possible, and they want people to lose out on life, right? Showing mercy seems kind of dumb. You see, this kingdom here is not meant for the wise of the world. This kingdom here is meant for the people that Jesus is speaking to. People who have been merciful, they will show mercy. These people that he's speaking to, they've had to show mercy. They didn't have the power to strike back. They didn't have the power to defeat the people that were in their way. They had to show mercy. And he's saying, blessed are you, for you will be shown mercy. And now this, can, this goes both ways. Blessed are the people who have been merciful and they have been shown mercy. That means those people that have already shown, uh, been merciful, they have mercy. But it also speaks to this. When Christ returns, if you did not show mercy, he will not show mercy to you. There's a story that Jesus says of a rich man, right? Let's give an example. Let's say uh, I owe Marco. Let's say Marco's my boss, okay? Marco's my boss, and he's also Josie's boss. I owe Marco about maybe like $100,000 because of interest, all right? Those dang interest rates. Okay, and what he does is he has the opportunity to throw me in jail because I've lied and I've said, oh, yeah, I'll get the money, get the money, but I've passed that. He could sue me, find me, but instead he says, you know what, bro? Forget the 100000 I forgive you. You're good. I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm debt free. He showed me mercy. Then I run up into Josie, and I remember Josie owes me $5. Josie, you need to give me my $5. Josie's like, man, I don't got $5 on me. It's been three months. You got to give me my $5 now. So she doesn't give me my $5. What I do is I steal her shoes, and I throw her in jail. I didn't show her mercy with this little debt. Even though someone who had a great debt over me showed me mercy. You guys see, Jesus forgave us of a great debt. We're blessed because of that. However, if you have been forgiven and been shown mercy, then you are merciful. Then you do show that mercy to others. How dumb do I look? To hold that $5, even though I've been forgiven of 100000 Because the end of the story is Marco finds out that I threw another co-worker in jail. And what he does now is he kills me. He kills me. So, thank God Marco's not my boss. And if he was, he wouldn't do that to me. Right, Marco? Amen. Unless I maybe did something really bad that deserved the death penalty. But that'd be really serious. But 
He throws me out, right? I'm now in prison, tortured, whatever. That's how the story goes. That's, that, that's actually, what I just told you is actual parable that Jesus says. See, Jesus wants to let you know that what he's forgiven you of is a lot serious and a lot more severe than what you could possibly forgive other people of. Blessed are the merciful. Next one is blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Everybody say pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now listen, what makes up a heart? Anybody know what makes up a heart? Blood vessels and, you know, organs, and, right, and all that. And, like, you know, that bump thing, you know, with the arteries. Yeah. No, but we're not talking about an actual heart, all right? When we're, we're talking about that, we're saying blessed are the pure in heart as in what makes up the heart? Your intentions, your ambitions, your thoughts, right? Your desires. This is what makes up your heart. Now, here's the thing. In that time and in this time, people scam. Everybody say scam. People commit white lies. Everybody say white lies. And people stretch the truth. Everybody say stretch. They stretch the truth in order to get what they want. In order to see what they want in life. But if you do that, you won't see God. You can see all the success in this world. You can see, you can see all your enemies fall. You can see all the people that, you know, got in your way, get out your way. But you won't see God. You can lie, you can steal, and you can be seen as some pure person. But God knows the heart. And if you are not pure in heart, you will not see God. Now, here's the thing. You may say, well, yeah, of course, I would never scam or white lie. Well, let's say when it comes to a test and you have the opportunity to, to cheat. And instead of, you know, just blatantly cheating, right, what you do is, you know, you just ask your friend for some, some guesses or some hints. Hey, I want to I get closer to the right answer. You're not even supposed to be talking. I want to let you know that's how it all starts. <laughs> because then sooner or later, you'll be wanting to, in your job, get a little bit more money. So you know what you do? You'll just take a couple dollars out the cash register. But it's just $2. It's no biggie. After that, right, you'll be with your best friend. Your best friend has a lot of money. What you'll do is you'll take some money from him, right, He'll never notice he has a lot of money. You just want to get up in life, get far in life, and you need to make some sacrifices. You need to do some things you're not proud of. You see, I had friends in, uh, when I graduated high school, they would work at Domino's. And I would hang out with them. I first got saved. I would hang out with them. And they would always hook me up. They were the plug. I never even had Domino's until then because I always heard it was bad. I was mistaken. Domino's is amazing. It wasn't always amazing. I want to let you know, when you, before you were born, it was bad, really bad. But they would hook me up, and they would hook me up with, like, the chocolate fondue thing that, you know what I'm saying, that brownie? Yeah. And then they would hook me up with the pizza for free, and I was like, man, this is awesome. Then I started finding out that they were taking money from the cash register. And then I was like, oh, snap. So not only is one friend doing it, all three of my friends working at Domino's is taking money from the cash register. So 
they're doing it. They don't even care. It's just extra money. No one knows. Right? And I want to let you know, purity is not just about lust, like, oh, I'm not watching porn, or I'm not doing this. Purity is about your intentions, your ambitions. Do you lie to your brother and your sister, your uncle, your dad, your mom, just to get away, get out of trouble? See, God is seeing the purity in your heart, and he's saying, blessed are those who are pure, for they will see God. So in order to see God in your life, you have to be pure. There will be no impure person that lays eyes on God. No impure person. Now, of course, what do I mean by this, right? Because, man, I already done messed up, man. I cheated like three times already. Like literally the last test of the school year, it was just annoying. So much stuff was happening. So I looked over to my left. That was my dumb friend. So I looked over to my right. That was my smart friend. I just copied the answers. I had to get it, I had to get it out the way. That means I'm going to hell or something? No. No, hear me out, right? You can repent. But understand, when you repent, you're putting your hope in Jesus, and Jesus makes those who put their hopes in him as pure as he is. You're given this purity. You're blessed to be pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. See God in your life, in the midst of trials, when people desert you, when people leave you, when you're frustrated, when sin is knocking at your door, in all those scenarios, you'll see God in your life. But then you'll also see God when Jesus establishes his kingdom. See, what a promise is this. People that were outside, people that couldn't even see kings, people that couldn't even see riches, they couldn't even see money. These are poor people. Some of them outsiders like lepers. They couldn't see anything in this world that was worth seeing, yet they'll see God. You see, everyone in this life tells you, you got to see a lot of cash before you die. You got to see a lot of fame before you die. You got to see a lot of friends before you die. But I want to tell you this, that all of that fails in comparison to when you see God. You see, growing up, I had to see the cutest girl, or I wasn't a man, or I didn't have it. I had to make sure I saw, right, the best shoes. Go on my feet. I had to make sure I saw all these things in order to have a blessed life. But if I lived for those things and I called myself blessed, those would be the only things I saw. And I want to let you know it's the same for you. If you're living just to see money, just to see fame, just to see popularity, just to see the newest things in this world, what the world has to offer, I want to let you know you're not blessed. You're only blessed if you're pure in heart. Now, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that shoes are bad. I'm not saying that having friends are bad. But what I'm telling you is who Jesus was talking to, who Jesus was speaking to. These were lowly people. You see, whenever you see these rappers, these celebrities, these actors flaunt their lifestyle, Flaunt that they're at the nicest beaches. Flaunt that they're at the nicest restaurants. Flaunt that they're at the nicest hotels. They got the most money. When you see them flaunt their lifestyle, what do they usually say? Blessed. I want to let you know they're speaking against the kingdom of God. You see, one kingdom is saying blessed is the poor. Another kingdom is saying blessed is the rich. You choose which one you want to be with. 
Blessed are the people that claw and, and, and scratch and nail and, and fight their way to the top no matter who's in their way. They forsake God. They forsake family. They forsake duty just to get to the top. Blessed are those people. No, blessed are the pure in heart. You see, you have a decision which kingdom you want to choose. Everybody say, blessed are the peacemakers. Now, that sounds like the easiest one to do, right? I can make peace. I'm pretty peaceful, right? Like if you're living, you're just like, hey, dude, all the time. So it's like, it's not even hard to be peaceful, you know? If you're holy, you're just always smiling, right? And like, hey, what's up, right? If you're TJ, you're just laughing the whole time. How hard is it to be peaceful? Oh, it's hard. You see, because you're supposed to make the peace. People, these people are peacemakers. This is not as pretty or as elegant or as cool as it sounds. Like, that sounds like a cool thing. That sounds like, like something that you would like to be called in your school. Like, man, he's a peacemaker. Like, that sounds like maybe, maybe like a, 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 like a, a cool, like, like Gen, Gen Z kind of gang, right? Like, because Gen, Gen Zers, they don't get into gangs, really, right? They just cancel people. But they would cancel people with the peacemakers. They would be called the peacemakers. Yeah, we're just making peace because we're canceling people, right? But no, it's, it's not any of that, right? It's, it's actually very hard. It involves getting involved in people's messes. How many of y'all know some messy people? How many of you got two messy friends that are always fighting? And you're always in between them. I know I did. I had, I had friends, I had two friends. One time we're in the lunch table in eighth grade, and this girl that one likes, or one is dating, is holding his hand, but he, she's secretly holding the hand of another friend that's both our friends. And they're, they didn't know. At the, well, one of the friends knew, but the friend that was dating her didn't know. And then they, got in a, they started getting into, you know, like arguments and there needed to be a peacemaker, but you know, I wasn't saved, so I was just like, bro, like, that's y'all. Y'all messed up. Now, that's bad, because, but it's easy. Whenever you see people in problems, you want to get away. You want to get away. You want to say, that's not my fault. That's not my problem. You know, you see this dude on Lake in Chicago screaming at someone, and you're just like, that's him. He's just from Lake in Chicago screaming at people. You see some people in the hallway bullying each other or bullying someone. You're like, well, man, he got to stick up for himself. Right? Blessed are the peacemakers, though. You got to get involved in these messes. It involves people hating you for not picking sides in the conflict. It involves you hearing a bunch of drama and gossip and saying this needs to be resolved. This happened to me one time. And uh, it probably wasn't the smartest thing. And, and I say this not to recommend you to do it. Hold on one second. This is a cap that's pretty tight. I promise you it was tight. I'm not weak. I promise you. Well, maybe just a little bit. but Well, I'm Russell tonight. Okay. You doubted me, Brandon? You, no? Okay, good. There was this time I was, I was with my wife. It was late at night. And... Uh, all of a sudden, we hear a bunch, bunch of commotion, and I was like, man, what's going on? I'm a nosy person. I just want to let you know that. I was told when I was young not to go next to the blinds, 
but I always went next to the blinds. You know what I mean? Like, get away from the window. What you doing? Like, because you heard someone screaming. You're like, dang, what's that? So you, you run, and you're like, and then your mom just slaps you in the back of the head, or your dad slaps you in the back of the head. What you doing? I was me all the time, all the time. I want to know what was going on. So I'm nosy. I'm like, man, I wonder what's going on. I'm like, man. So then I hear voices, and I hear anger, and I hear, like, frustration. I'm like, man, I'm going to go see what's happening. It's 12 o'clock. So, you know, I just walk out. All of a sudden, it's my neighbor and, and another dude, and they're fighting, and one has a gun. And he pistol whips them. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? So, right, of course, what I do is I turn around because I have a wife. So I'm like, you know, I got to take care of my wife. So I had, no, I didn't do that. What I did was I ran to him with the gun. And I said, bro, bro, I know his name. I know him. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop, stop, stop. And I'm trying to break up this dude who has a bat now. His girl's acting all crazy. Like, yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah, yeah, shoot me then. Shoot me then. And I'm just like, bro, what are you doing? And then the guy's like, man, don't ever talk to my girl like that with the bat. I'm like, how are you guys walking up to a gun, a dude with a gun this bold? Like, what in the world? Right? So then I'm like pushing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, I was not just, just like if you ever work with children in the future, you always got to get the aggressor, okay? I didn't, I forgot all about that because the aggressor was the bat. The dude who didn't want to shoot the person who had the gun. Because he has his family watching him. So this dude has his gun. His family is watching him. His two kids and his wife. And this dude and his girlfriend is attacking him. They're all about to get in a fight. And I'm there in the middle trying to make peace. Tell me that ain't stupid. That's stupid. Looks dumb. But I was the only person there that wasn't angry. That had not been offended. That was willing to say, hey, you need to stop. And then nothing happened. No one got shot. Matter of fact, they were like, man, whatever, man. Good night, bro. And he was like, yeah, good night. And then they walked off. That's how guys be sometimes. So it, it was crazy. But that dude, if he shot that man, would have been in jail for manslaughter, for, like first degree murder, for sure, right? Would have been in jail, lost his kids, lost his wife, lost his job. Everything would have been ruined. What if I, you know, I'm not saying I'm the hero in the story. I, I honestly, if you saw me, you would have been like, bro, what is Joby doing? They're all taller than me. So I'm like, stop, stop, right? What am I doing, right? And I was afraid to touch them because I didn't want to get shot or hit with a bat. So I was like, stop, bro, stop, stop, you know? I don't look like the hero in the story, but here's the thing. Neither did these people. These people were not heroes that he was talking to. You know, they were outsiders. They had no power. How can you make peace without power? You sacrifice your life. That's how you do it. You put yourself behind yourself, right? I know it sounds weird, but you put yourself behind yourself and you go for peace. Because these people will be called the children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the children of God. You may think you're dealing with all these messes. Man, all these people always complaining to you, venting to you. And you're always at the middle of situations, you're blessed. I'll let you know you're blessed. Unless you're gossiping with them, then don't, don't do that. Get out those situations, okay? Like, you can't, like, man, dude, so-and-so, he's ugly. He, he smells like this. He's always, man, I hate that dude. 
well, yeah, he does stink, and, you know, he is kind of ugly, but, you know, you shouldn't hate him because Jesus says not to hate. No, no, I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about you pick no sides but the truth, and you pick no sides but God's side, and you say there needs to be peace. So understand that blessed are the peacemakers, and they will be called the children of God. They will be called the children of God. We read the three Beatitudes, three blessings, and I want to let you know, they kind of tie in together. Blessed are the merciful, right? In order to really show mercy, right, in order to really show mercy, you got to really be pure in heart. You got to really be pure in heart. And when you're pure in heart, you want peace. You want peace. You don't want, like a lot of people, you know, they say, you know, the, the biggest profit is war. Right? That's a shame. You don't want to profit off people's misery. You don't want to profit off, you know, people messing up. You don't want to profit off people having beef. Like, man, bro, like, because of this person, this person not talking, man, I get to swoop in and be their friend now. Like, no, you don't want to be like that. You want to be merciful. If I can have uh, the worship team come up. You want to be merciful. You see, there are people in this world and in this room that they are bitter and they are angry, and they are jealous, and they refuse to show mercy to specific people. Yet you're not blessed. You're not blessed. You're not blessed. Jesus would not say, yet yeah, this is blessed. There are people in this place that they look pure. They look clean on the outside, but in their heart, they're impure. They live for themselves. They live for the intentions of this world. They have corrupt intentions and motives. You're not blessed. There are people that refuse to make peace. Not only do they stand idle while the world is messed up and say, well, it is what it is, but a lot of times they're the ones causing the strife. They're the ones gossiping. They're the ones slandering. They're the ones doing what's wrong. That's not something that Jesus blesses. And if you're curious as to, man, well, how, I'm, I, I see that, but how do I even live like that? How do I get to this standard? This seems harder than the Ten Commandments. It is harder than the Ten Commandments. This right here goes further than the Ten Commandments. This is how you do it. You look to Jesus. You see, because this is all seen in Jesus. Who is merciful but Christ? Who is pure in heart but Christ? Who made peace greater than Christ? Who made peace between God and man? Who? No one. So what do you do then? If I can have everyone stand up, please, and have my altar workers come up. You look to Christ, not to yourself. If you think that you have to muster in yourself enough purity. First of all, purity is not a tangible thing. It's not. Purity cannot be mustered up. It can't be forced into your heart like, I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be pure. I'm going to be pure. Jesus will make you pure, and you will be blessed, and you will see God. You can't just make up mercy. If you rely on yourself for mercy, then you're going to have a standard for mercy that is not good enough. That is not good enough. Well, who do I show mercy to? This person showed me mercy, so I'll show them mercy. That's not how it works. Even when people don't show you mercy, you show them mercy. 
Even when your sister, your brother, your friends, your family members are, are annoying the life out of you. And you want to hold it against them. You show them mercy. You're blessed if you do so. If you are in this drama that you have no part of, you make peace. You make peace. And if you want to see how this is done, you simply look to Jesus. If you look to Jesus, you'll see his kingdom eventually. You see, if you look to Jesus, you start following him, what you'll eventually see is life begins to change around you. You no longer look at the world from a worldly point of view. You no longer look at the world through this lens of selfishness, through this lens of judgment, right? And you're like, whoa, you judge people all the time, but dude, there's this different judgment. You're no longer looking at people based off what they wear, how they act, how they talk, where they come from, what they've done, but you're looking at people as Christ looks at them. So look to Jesus if you want to be blessed. Just like the people did when they came up to this mountain, sick, broken, hurting, poor. When they came up to this mountain, they probably had disputes among them. They probably were just beaten up or bullied or they got threatened on the way there. They had a lot of things going on. When Jesus, when they came up to this mountain, they looked to Jesus, all that went away. Not that all that stuff stopped happening, happening. What they were living for changed. There was a kingdom in front of them. And they knew that because they saw the king directly there, sitting. As he began to speak these words that they never heard before. This is countercultural. This is counterintuitive. This is not what you think of. This is something that you're given. But if you see what Jesus is saying, and you understand what he's doing you will see the kingdom of God so this is the altar call to those who are not merciful you need to come up you need to get prayer we want to minister to you you need to understand you need to be merciful to those who are impure at heart you need to come up God desires purity to those who don't want to make peace whether you're idle or whether you're in the thick of the drama causing it, you need to come up because the peacemakers will be called children of God. And if you need prayer for anything else, we believe in healing. We believe in intercession if you want to pray for someone. But I want everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. I want everyone to have a private moment, right? I want you to think of yourself amongst the people that Jesus is talking to. I want you to hear what Jesus is saying. I want you to look around. I want you to see the poor. I want you to see the sick. I want you to see these peacemakers, these pure in heart. I want you to see all of them. Not everyone that was here followed Jesus completely. But then I want you to look to Jesus. See, he's what it's about. He's what it's about. You may not ever see someone who's a peacemaker in your life. You may never see someone who's pure in your heart, pure in heart in your life. You may always see people who try to cheat and lie and steal from you. 
You may never see someone try to make peace in your life, arguments in your household all the time, mom and dad fighting. You may never have someone show you mercy. But when you look to Jesus, you have all that in front of you. You have all that in front of you and more. So I'm going to say a prayer. And, and before we dismiss, it, dismiss today, I want you to honestly look at yourself. Are you in this kingdom? Do you see this kingdom? Father, we trust you today, Lord. We trust your word, God. Lord, we trust your word, God. Lord, we don't want to make loopholes for our actions. We don't want to make loopholes and find ways to excuse our sin, Lord. Forgive us today, God. Forgive us today, God. Forgive us when we haven't shown mercy, Lord. Forgive us when we've been impure, Lord. Forgive us, God, when we haven't made peace, God. Lord, we want to hear your words and we want to just wonder at them, Lord. We want to have faith in what you say, God. We want to trust in your word, Lord. We know this wasn't made by man, God. We know this was made by divine speech, Lord. You speaking. So, Father, we trust you, Lord. We trust you as the word of God. We trust what you're saying. Lord, we pray that you would help us, Lord. Help us, God. Lord, we know that in this kingdom we are not without help. The Holy Spirit is in us, to, in us to help us. So we pray, Spirit of God, that you would help us, assist us, Lord. Help us to show mercy. Remind us of your word. Bring to us in remembrance, Lord, everything we've learned, God. If there are any bitter hearts in this place, God, I pray that you would speak to their conscience. Convict their hearts today, God. They may, may they forgive, Lord. Even if they feel the person that doesn't deserve to be forgiven, I pray for forgiveness Lord, I pray for the people that are impure in heart, God. They've been lying. They've been stealing. Maybe they've been lusting after the same sex, the opposite sex. They've been lusting after people. They've been lusting after people's approval, God. They want all these things, and they're willing to do whatever they can. Lie, steal, cheat, God. They come to the church for impure reasons, Lord. You see them, God. I pray that you would convict them. Lord, that you would bring them to your purity. That you would bring them to yourself, Lord, and they would be made new. God, I pray for the peacemakers in this place. God, bless them, Lord. Those that are in the thick of drama, God. Those that have been cussed at. Those that have been cursed at. Those that have been uh, told to pick a side or they will no longer be friends with them, Lord. I pray that you would bless them, God, as your word says. And I pray that those that are standing idle, Lord, give them strength and courage to be peacemakers, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Listen, as Melanie sings, I just want you guys to come up here. I want you to pray. I want you to come up to one of these deacons. I want you to be honest with them. If love's like a hurricane, I am a tree bending beneath the wind of his wind and mercy. When Eclipsed by glory And I realize just how beautiful you are And how great your affections are for me And oh, and oh, how 
Hallelujah. I'm going to say a prayer is dismissal. But if you're still in need of prayer, if you want to come up for prayer, if you're still praying in your seats, don't feel rushed. Father, thank you, Lord, for your, your guidance, God. May we live, may we live according to Jesus' teachings. Your word says if we hold on to Jesus' teachings, we will truly be his disciples and we will truly be free. Oh, Lord, I pray that people here would live a free life. God, that we would all live a free life, holding on to these teachings, God. Lord, I pray that we would hold on so tight, God. Never let anything loose that you speak to us. I pray that during the week, Lord, your word would hold on to us, that your spirit would grip our hearts so tight, Lord, that we would have to listen to your word, God. that we couldn't ignore the teachings that you've given us, Lord. Pray that everyone in here, Lord, hears your word and obeys it. Have your way in, your li- in our lives, Lord. Have your way in our lives, Lord. Bless everyone here, God. Bless them, Lord. May they see themselves as one of those hearing you speak on that mountain. It's in your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, give a hand clap if you're not praying. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, you're uh, free to be dismissed. Uh, We're going to continue to pray for a little bit, but don't go too far. Don't go too far because the night is almost about to begin.